Hello, I am Joey Hager, author of Leading with Some Epicure. And today you're listening to Relationships and Revenue and our host, John Buehler. Life is all about relationships, and great leaders heavily invest in those relationships. On the Relationships and Revenue podcast, we talk about how to improve our most significant relationships at home so we can be better in our business relationships. We talk with experts from all over the world representing many disciplines about the best tips and strategies to become amazing people and amazing leaders. Welcome to the show. Welcome back, everyone, to the Relationships and Revenue Podcast. This is your host, John Hewlin. As always, thrilled to have each and every one of you with us today. And as you heard from that fantastic introduction, I have the one and only Joey Havens. Joey, how are you, my friend? Oh, I'm doing great. It's certainly better than I deserve. Uh, I feel the same way, my friend, the same. Now, folks, Joey told you that he is author of the book Leading with Significance. However, there's some other stuff you need to know about him first to let you know why the writing of this book is so important. Now, Joey has been a longtime CPA. Uh, he's been a part of so many different organizations related to that, to accounting and that sort of thing. And you may be thinking in your mind, because I was at first, when I started looking into Joey, I'm like, accounting? Really? I mean, come on. I mean, that's, I mean, it's numbers, folks. That's got to be boring. But he and his writing is anything but boring. I've seen some other interviews that Joey's done. He is very entertaining. He is a speaker as well, which is not something you typically see of a CPA, is it, Joey? No, I'm a little bit out of the box. <laughs> very damn boy. Well, that's a good thing. That is a good thing. Oh, my goodness. Let's see. You are, let's see, the managing partner of strategic growth at Horn currently, but then you were formerly the executive partner at Horn, and you serve on the board of the Mustard Seed which is a Christian community for adults with uh, developmental disabilities. I mean, oh, and he also happens to be husband to Kathy, which is probably he would view as his most important job. Absolutely. We yeah. call CC. We got eight grandkids, and she's known as CC. So please don't leave her out. Oh, okay. Sorry. Don't want to do that. <laughs> if you follow my blog, you'll, you'll see that a lot of those involve these. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Definitely. Okay. So, we hit kind of the highlights, Joey, but do us a favor. Take us back in time and kind of give us some of your backstory about maybe some decisions related to becoming a CPA and what led you on the course that you're on to where you are today. Well, uh, John, I'm glad to do that. You know, I grew up in North Mississippi at a, a kind of a rural setting, and uh, I learned a lot from my parents as far as the way I view life. My Christian parents taught me a lot about faith. It was about 30 miles from Old Myth. And from mm. the fourth grade, that I was going to go to Old Myth. So I went to Old Myth and graduated my degree. I really knew nothing about it at the time. It was called the Big A. And today it's not as the Big Four, but public accounting. But I mm. was lucky enough to land a job with Parker uh, Anderson. He used to oh, yeah. One of the Big A firms. And so I flew out there with first thing that I really ever hold. <laughs> and mm -hmm. my final interview, I got the job. 
So I was out there for three years, decided to get ready to raise a family, and I moved back home. I actually moved back to Batesville and went to work for a hometown CPA firm. And we had a joint client with Horn, Horn LLP, which now the firm that I'm with. So John, I'm about to go 39 with Horn LLP, which was a Mississippi firm with less than $2 million in revenue in 1984. And today we are in top 25 full-fledged professional service. Wow. Congrats on that. Just an amazing, blessed journey. Very excited about that. So really, I didn't grow up thinking I was was always good at math. Really thought about accounting. I just kind of fell into it in that old head. <laughs> and when I got my degree, I still really didn't know the difference between going into private or going into public. It's, mm. you know, I talked about it in the book, coincidence, and I, I believe personally that it's God's hand on our lives. We mm. forward. And so, uh, funny thing, you mentioned the numbers and being a CPA, what People don't realize, even though there's a lot of accounting and auditing and tax, mm-hmm. yeah, a profession deals with people every day. Yeah. And it's a people business. And I moved into the advisory side of the business. Gotcha. Okay. You know, it's, it's funny you mentioned that, Joey, because it takes me back to a phrase I heard years ago when I, when I first got out of college. Um, you, you would hear... I heard this a lot when people were doing like these, these big business deals and, you know, one side got what they want and the other side didn't. And you would hear something to the tune of, you know, don't take it personally. It's just business. And I I never understood that. I mean, I knew what they meant, but it didn't make sense to me. And so what I tell people all the time is business is always personal because it involves people. You can't find one business that wasn't started by a person. You can't. No matter how intelligent people think AI is, it's still not people. It's never going to be. Right. Exactly. And so because business is personal, we need to treat it that way. And then we need to treat our people that way. Um, You know, I know one of the things as I was doing my research for our interview was the overall impression I got of how important culture is to you in the workplace. And how things are for your employees. Because if I'm saying these words, not you, but this is my summation of what you're saying. And that is when we make the workplace a place where people feel valued, where they feel like their hopes and dreams for work can come true and that we support the things they're doing at home, we're never going to lose people like that. Am I kind of close in the kind of culture you're talking about? Oh, yeah. You're, you know, just remembering that how people work is determined by why they work. Mm. Care about people. They'll care about the business. They'll care about the, mm-hmm. it's really self-serving, but it, <laughs> well, yeah, it, I mean, it really is when you think about it, but you know, it does. We have to have the mindset serving others. I think that's what leadership's all about. Yeah. You know, it, it's funny. Occasionally I'll run into other entrepreneurs that have, you know, expanded their businesses and they've grown over time and they have, you know, however many employees they have. And they talk about people like, I'll just mention customer service as an example, that somehow they, the customer service folks feel a disconnect to people like in the sales department. And I'm like, 
I don't really understand that because in my mind, we're all in sales and we all are in customer service all the time. Right. That's what we're to be about. So when I explain that further to him, it's like, look, you got to get your customer service people on board with the fact that no matter what they're doing, they're selling all the time. If nothing else, they're selling the reputation of the company in how they interact with the clients. And the salespeople are like, look, if all you do is try and sell something to somebody and you're not concerned about that person, meaning you're not serving them, you don't have a place here because that's what we're about. We're about serving people. And sometimes, I know you've seen this before, Joey, because I've seen it tons of times. Sometimes the best thing we can do for people, meaning uh, customers, the best thing we can do for them is like, we're not the fit for you. Here, let me give you a recommendation on a place that I think will serve you better. Hey, man, uh, I totally buy it. Not every customer, not every client is yet. Mm -hmm. And in fact, many people run their businesses where, you know, they're doing too much for too many. And so they're not. Mm. Yeah, that's an excellent point. So let's dig a little bit into the book. Okay. Leading with Significance. Now, the subtitle is How to Create a Magnetic People-First Culture. All right. So... Some of the more obvious questions, why did you write the book and who is it for? Uh, you know, it's, it's for anybody, really, any organization, because I personally believe that everybody at some point in their role, every <laughs> on you, uh, everybody uh, leads and has the opportunity to lead even more. Um, I wrote the book, Why I Learned This, really to inspire more people to trust the inherent good in people. Mm potentially serve and care in a way that leads to high trust and high performance. That's really, if you look at a high-performing organization, you're going to find high trust. Mm. Find high trust, you're going to find leadership that's vulnerable enough to trust their people. Excellent, excellent. So one of the things as I was looking into the book, uh, a, a phrase I saw more than once, and I'm like, okay, I got to ask Joey about this. Be better mindset. Yeah. Talk about that. What is it? Well, the be better mindset is really the mindset that we eat. All of us can be, even if we're, we're, you know, we feel like we're really succeeding at a high level, we can be even better. Mm. Uh, in culture building, it was really important the be better mindset because John, if you ask, you bring any CEO or any leader of an organization podcast and you ask them this about ask 100 uh tell me about your culture on a scale of one that would you rate it one to ten and seven being and eight being very good nine being great and ten being magnetic well 85 to 90 percent of them are going to tell you that culture is good or better okay sitting in the midst of the great resignation people <laughs> dissatisfied with the workplace culture. Right, right. Like, hey, are you better than the average driver? What are 80% of us say, yeah. <laughs> right, right. The same thing, CEOs and leaders and organizations, we think good culture is good enough. And that's mm. what I'm about for Blue. That's where I start. Good culture is not good enough today. Mm. And the Be Better Mindset is about embracing the ugly reality of where you're at because over time, we allow behavior to destroy our culture. Mm. Give us some examples of those, those types of behaviors that 
erode the culture? Well, uh, one of the most common ones you want to allow is a leader that's extremely good with clients has a complete client service mindset, but absolutely destroys and disrespects mm-hmm. them as plug and play. <laughs> yep. uh, client calls on Friday after five and something that they could have had to you for two weeks now, they, uh, tomorrow, right? It is going to be the leader that tells somebody, no, you're not going on vacation. You're not going to your kids track meet Saturday morning. You're staying and we're getting rid of mm-hmm. Those kind of behaviors disrespect, uh, your people, uh, hollering at them, screaming at them. Mm. And there's, there's more of that. Just, um, not showing appreciation, mm. not showing recognition. People want to be, they want to know they're part of something bigger than themselves, that they're helping mm. uh, build something. So, you, you know, you've got all those behaviors around really caring and serving for your people. And a lot of leaders, they grew up collecting stars. When I, when I teach a leadership course, I talk about the fact, especially young leaders, mm-hmm. You walk into the room, the reason you're in the because you're a high performer, you're expecting star. <laughs> you know, today that flips completely around because your job today gives, mm. and too many of those leaders that we allow to say, Hey, this is who we are, are still collecting stars. Yeah. You know, I, one of the things I think that happens a lot of times in organizations is someone, and I'm, I'm only using this because I've seen it happen a lot. Uh, someone in sales who does really, really well in sales, they decide this person is management material. You know, we need to move that person up where that person should never be in management. Their job is to be doing sales and they're great at it, but they're terrible with dealing with other people and they should never be in that role. So somehow we decide to putting them in some sort of a leadership role i.e. a manager, is better for the company when it actually isn't. So I, I can see what you're saying there because someone who's used to getting the ego stroked on a regular basis in sales, that's just kind of that world that it gets stroked a lot. Um, right. They don't handle that very well, my yeah. experience anyway. Yeah. You know, generally have low emotional intelligence. <laughs> members that plug and play. I mean, you can tell if a leader is really... Concerned about their team reaching their full potential as individuals and as a team, or it's all about the task, all about, you know, uh, just, just get this done. Mm-hmm. For yeah. sure. It's about, you know, what is going to mean for me? What is it going to mean for the bottom line versus how do we grow as a team and succeed? Sure. Sure. You know, I'm, I'm wondering it, in order for a person to lead with significance so that they can have a team of significance and an organization of significance, doesn't it behoove that leader to learn things about his or her team? Meaning you have to get to know your people as people and know what makes them tick because some people, they they need that two-minute conversation first thing in the morning to feel that connection with you, and then they're good to go for the day. Other people don't need that at all. They need a list from you of things that need to be done, and they're good for the day. So first of all, do you see that as something that's necessary for leaders in an organization? And if so, what have you found to be the best ways to go about doing that? Well, it's absolutely critical. When I said, 
you know, to inspire readers, trusting and getting people. We were intentionally uh, care and serve in ways that lead to high performance. That starts with having a relationship, understanding who they are, you know, what are they trying to achieve? What do they see as, uh, and you have to understand that about your team members to really help, help them navigate the company. Every company has unwritten words. They have unwritten, uh, all of us need sponsors. All of us need advocates. If you move up an organization, somebody here is advocating for you. We need access to information. Uh, people need leaders, courage, or recognize them. And if you don't know somebody, if I don't know John, Mm -hmm. You know, it's going to be hard for me to help navigate to achieve your dream. It's not about building a culture that's a dream place to work. That's a place. That is not what a magnetic culture. A magnetic culture is about a place where John has such a strong sense of belonging. He can achieve his dream. Mm. Very different. Oh, yeah. Love that, man. I love that. So talk to us a little bit about what you went through in your organization, how you were able to bring about that culture change. Because you mentioned asking that question of other CEOs and leaders of their organization, what's the culture like? Give it to me on a scale. And working through that, because we know, unfortunately, that most leaders overinflate the value of the culture. And you talk to the everyday people and it doesn't match up. So how did you go about getting those to begin to shrink that gap? Um, well, first, it's, it's never about an individual. One individual cannot really lead an organization to a magnetic people-first culture. It takes a leadership team. Fortunately, we had a lot of great leaders that have sh- demonstrated a lot of courage to buy into a vision. You need a compelling vision. You know, ours, we based our vision on Building the wise army. We took that from a parable out of the Bible, the wise man and the foolish man. Wise man built his house on the rock. Wise man built his house on the sand. The storms came, the wind blew, the rain pelted down, the water flowed. He washed foolish man's house. And so we wanted to build a firm based on the foundation of research that we would make culture number one, uh, serve our clients and each other well. And because of that foundation and that vision, we kind of contrast behaviors that are in a foolish firm and behaviors that are in a wise firm. And, you know, all the way up to positive energy and negative energy. Okay. Politics versus sensible old. <laughs> looking backwards versus looking forward. DNA. Hey. We just contrasted that vision and people said, yeah, that's who we want to be. Now, that's when the jury gets hard. absolutely <laughs> vision. So, yeah. You know, with change, uh, we're all foreign until we find out what it means. What well, I've got to do different. Mm-hmm. But yes, we you start with a compelling vision, and and then we we saw the feedback from our team members. We really embraced the fact that our experience was inconsistent with the underrepresented team members. It was inconsistent with women. Mm-hmm. Depending on what area or what leader you work for, mm-hmm. we have. Lots of leaders that destroyed teams, had a lot of turnover on there. Um, and we turned to transparency, transparently reported. Okay. Now, a somewhat harder question, at least I think it is. How long did that transition? You know, it's, uh, we'll answer that in two ways. Okay. Earth and the one that I want your audience to remember is that 
you never win the culture. Hmm. Earn the right to start the next day. Okay. It is about what you say you are, what your actions are, but also what you allow. So every day you have to guard and deal, reinforce that culture. We are, that has to be your top power. Um, this, the second piece to that here, you you will overestimate what you can do in a year. Mm. You will underestimate what. Hmm. Okay. It is, it's a journey of years. But it starts today. It starts with a leadership that has the courage that we can. Gotcha. Okay. And how far along are you on your journey with that as an organization? Well, we started that journey in 2011. Okay. And so we have gone from about 340 people to over 2,000. Wow. Impressive. Yeah. Very, very. Love that. It's another phrase I want to ask you about because it it, uh, it definitely is one that jumped out at me. And you and you have several of them in the book. And I, we're we're not going to be able to hit all those today. But uh, this is one that 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 really kind of jumped out at me. Learn fast, learn forward, learn together. Tell us about that. Oh wow, that's a really dope. you know what's going on is we live in an exponential world. Things are fast; they're changing fast. If we all think about our personal lives. Just think how much you've changed, how you do everything. I can pay your bills. I mm-hmm. everything losing. And in an exponential world, the only way to stay relevant, the only way that you are truly successful is you learn really fast. And to learn fast, you have to make mistakes. You have to yeah. do it. And so rather than talk about the word failure, we flip that to learn fast. Yeah. You know, want you to take risks. We want you, we know we're going to be experimenting. We're going to be implementing things that aren't completely ready. And again, mm-hmm. we go learn forward. In other words, don't keep looking back at the mistake you made. Take what you learned and lean forward. And then based on our wise firm philosophy of we, we want to learn together. So share what you learned. Mm-hmm. Learn fast, learn forward, learn together. Okay. I like that. I like that. You know, uh, you mentioned the word failure a moment ago. Um, you know, when I, when I talk to people, I, I differentiate between the words failing and failure. And I, I think you'll appreciate, uh, the differences that I go with this failing is what you were talking about before. And that is I tried something new. I didn't do it right. And now I have an opportunity to learn from it. Failure on the other hand is an active choice to stay stuck, to not move forward. And if someone wants to choose failure, that's that person's prerogative. But I can't help somebody like that. The first real choice. You're, that, that's right. right. But failing, I can help that person all day long. All day. So it, it's, it really is when I throw that out of people, because many times people think they're the same and they're not. They they're completely not. different. All right. Well, which is funny. That was one of the questions I was even going to ask you. So I'm glad that we I'm glad we covered that because it's big. So. Along those lines, tell me about a time that you failed really big, and what was the result of that? Yeah. Uh, you know, I'll, let me let me share one that um, it probably the fallout wasn't as wide. It was real. Okay. Uh, I had a I had a close associate and team member, and they had taken me into their confidence and shared something with me very personal. This was back when I was 
really just getting going in my career, probably in the first five years of my career, I was starting to lead some smaller teams, you know, and they shared this with me confidentially. At a weak moment, I shared that with one of my best friends. Mm. And my best friend did not hire me or the other person. They used that information to hurt them. Mm. And they just talked, you know, and it was a horrible thing. It made me, I couldn't walk under the door. I didn't have to open the door. <laughs> but it taught me a valuable lesson on being trustworthy. Mm. How important it is for us to protect the trust that people are gracious enough, gracious enough to give us. Because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you just all the time, I'm going to earn your trust. Yeah. I can't earn your trust. I can be trustworthy. But John has to decide he's going to be vulnerable. You have to go at risk to give me trust. And so I always think it. Somebody being very gracious when they give us that trust. So I lost uh, two friends in that uh, because I totally lost respect for the friend that violated my confidence. And, and I certainly lost friend I, I broke their confidence. So I share that one because you don't hear about that as much. And it's one that stuck with me. Mm-hmm. You know, ever, they call me Lockbox now because... <laughs> If you tell me something personal and confidential, it, I'm not sure. Mm. Well, I can I can see how that event happening in your life had such an impact. I can totally see that. Tell me why leadership is so important. Oh, leadership is so important because of how far impact goes. How wide As you move into leadership, even your word. How you look at somebody, the smile on the <laughs> frown on your face, that's an impact. That's, that's what leading with significance is about, impacting others' lives and having a positive impact. And in the book, I talk about a, a concept that one of the partners brought to my attention when I was running for being elected as the next CEO, next partner at Horn, the leadership fish bowl. You see, when you become a leader, you inherit a fishbowl, and so you're this fish swimming around fishbowl. And the reason that resonates with me is because everybody can hear what you say, but they're standing around the fishbowl watching what you mm. is believe. Leadership is way more than do what I say. <laughs> yes. That's called a boss, do what I say. That has nothing to do with leadership. Not a leader. And... As you grow in leader, you get a bigger fishbowl, but it's not because you're a bigger. <laughs> yeah, that is an excellent point. There's more people staying, mm-hmm. watching pound. Oh, yeah. I get that concept to really teach leaders. You know, you really truly are display for everybody, but it has a lot less to do with what you the action. Oh, yeah. Love that, man. Thanks for sharing that. Thank you, Brad. You bet. Well, I would be remiss in my job as host of the Relationships and Revenue podcast if I didn't talk a little more specifically about the relationship side, although we have hit on it some. So let me ask you this. What do you do, Joey, to build into, to make better, to improve your most significant relationships at home? And what impact do those relationships have on your business? So what do I do to have a strong relationship at home? And how does that impact this? Yeah. Impact your business, yes. Or the relationship and business, too. Sure. Any and all of that. Okay. Uh, I'll start with whole. 
uh, I told I, I did a keynote for large furniture retailer yesterday. Mm. We're talking about the get to mindset or the hack. And my wife had this thing we call it had get to mindset about cleaning. Oh, if, okay. If I, I'm the cook, but she loves to clean up. Okay. She loves to clean up. She has a have to mindset with unloading the dishwasher. And I never realized, <laughs> no, one morning, my favorite coffee cup in the dishwasher in the back. So I unloaded the dishwasher. Just, I don't know why I just did it. Mm. The next morning, that's one of the things she does first. She, mm. man, it brought so much joy to her. She was hugging. And I cannot believe, you know, she had never asked me that. Mm. So I it the next day. There was <laughs> so now every morning I get to unload that dishwasher cover. I know the joy that the boom kick it's going to give my wife and her. Day. Mm-hmm. So that's, I, I use that in the story and the illustration, how strengthen our relationship. Mm-hmm. And obviously I take that joy. I emptied the dishwasher this morning mm-hmm. and I brought that joy to your five pairs. Yeah. Because again, she got up with, mm. uh, it's the same thing when we, we walk into our business relationships, people bring with them, they, you know, they are somebody with their own commitments, their own personal commitments. They have their own family issues and they have their own dreams, aspirations. And so recognizing them, understanding that and encouraging them leads to better relationships and higher trust. And that leads to higher. Thanks for sharing that, Joey. You know, one of the things that, uh, that I talk to people about all the time, and it's one of the principles behind this podcast is this. I believe that if you want your business to be the absolute best it can be, it starts with our most significant relationships. Now, for most of us, it's what's going on at home. But for some, it could be relationships with friends. It could be with colleagues. It could be with clients. It doesn't matter who it's with, but when those relationships are solid, business takes care of itself. It flies. Now, the inverse of that is also true. When things are not going well in those relationships, business suffers. It just does. We don't know how to turn it off, which actually I think is a good thing because clearly it will come through that something's wrong and then hopefully someone will be able to get the help or at least someone else will notice it and point it out to them like, hey, Let's figure out what it's going to do to help get you back where you need to be. Yeah. Um, being grounded in our, in our major relationship gives us a special energy and joy and fulfillment that you can then share with others. And so it's like, if you run your battery down, if you don't recharge, cannot give to others. Mm. You have to recharge yourself. Well, you kind of set yourself up for this one. So how do you recharge yourself, Joe? Um, you know, there's a number of ways. I'm really big, work hard, play hard. Okay. And I'll do everything from reading to, I love to be out in the woods hunting and fishing. Mm. My favorite thing of all is every March and April in North Mississippi, we have some of the greatest lakes for crappie fishing. And I actually weigh fish for crappie. That's my, oh, that's my number one fun. Okay. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. How does your faith impact your business? Oh, so many ways. And that's one of the things with the uh, talk about. It's all the questions. 
where God just kept keeping us on the right path. And one of the wonderful things about being an owner, a partner, a leader, and a team member at Holtz, we are a faith-based relation. Mm-hmm. We have core, core value. God, we honor God, personal faith, uh, family. We want to be able to serve our families. Service where we serve our people that are current and grant. Mm-hmm. And so those which I associate with Christian value of loving and caring for others. So we use those Christian values to drive our culture and taking care of people. So it had a, an impact on our business every day. So I shared, sharing that compelling vision that we embraced in 2011. So as we live those values, that really determines the kind of company that leads to high trust, high integrity, a great relationship. One of the things that, that I was reading about, I, I think it was in the, in the book, uh, coaching. And so talk to us a little bit about coaching and what role that plays in a magnetic culture. Yeah, it's something really out of the box that we did. Yes, we started that probably in 2014, maybe 2000. But we realized that we're not great at helping people understand their course or what mm-hmm. they want to achieve, how to succeed. And so... We put in what we call full potential coaches, which are certified coaches outside of the mentors and the performance advisors or whatever we're, you know, mm-hmm. evaluating somebody's performance. These coaches work with our team members on an individual basis, the confidential basis, to help guide them in life, guide them here. What does this feedback mean? What questions should you ask John or Joey about this feedback? If you want to get that promotion next year, here are the questions you. So we we provided that coaching as a resource mm-hmm. for our kids so they could track faster. Because again, we were anticipating exponential change, which team members team members need to learn fast, learn forward, learn together. The coaching was a piece that helped us, and that's something that's still going today. Absolutely, excellent. Even for like, our own, again, I've had oh good coaches, you know. Uh, for, for the partners and owners, we generally use external coaches, mm-hmm. but, and I'm coaching, I'm coaching two other partners. Nice. I, I just want, I want to take a brief moment here and express something to you. And, and I, I think you'll take it in the way that I mean it. What you're doing there with just this one thing, providing that kind of coaching to people, making it available, we'll say it that way. That is so rare. In the marketplace, unfortunately, but it is. It's very rare that a company will go out of its way to make that available to its people, even not just at the highest levels, but all level. Uh, so, man, way to go! Seriously, that's a big deal. Yeah, it was a big, big investment. But I'm, I'm going to tell you this: it very quickly became self-serving because our return, our retention for those that participated, was amazing. And we saw their career track just steadily up at 24, 25 year olds doing things, you know, you would not expect running big projects. Mm. Just helping people understand. And, and for me, one of my, I think one of my God's purpose for me was to help people see and realize their full potential. That's mm-hmm. what joy when I help somebody see their full potential and help them get there. Yeah. And, you know, I think that. That is exactly what that coaching program is to help people. Oh yeah, you, you and I, you and I think alike, Joe. That's I, I do a lot of that too. I, I, 
don't have many things in my life that bring me greater joy than doing that very kind of thing that you're talking about. Being able to help someone realize who they were created to be and what in the world they're supposed to be doing with that. And then if possible, if I can help them connect with someone, they can help further that along. That's yeah. just, that's the kind of stuff that lights me up, man. That sponsor that air. <laughs> How would you define success? Well, did you read the last chapter of the book? I did, but the people watching and listening didn't. <laughs> I actually, uh, where I, I talked about the quick and the final fall, you know, I really talk about the fact that we have two choices. We can choose uh, to chase success, or we can choose a life or commit where we really focus on the impact of other people. And in the race for success, it's about more money, more title, more power, more, more, more. And you're never declared the winner. Every time you get somewhere, you know, there's somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, choice for uh, reading with significance for a life of significance. You experience so much more joy because there's so many mountaintops where people are explaining gratitude for the impact that you had on their My conclusion is through my career, what I've seen culture at home and, and meeting any business is that success always follows, mm. but significance rarely ever follows. All right. Mark it down, folks. Tweet it, repost it, put it out there. You can take that to the bank. Mm. Could not have said that better myself. Well done. All right. Well, I had to speak about writing. <laughs> <laughs> Had a little advantage because that's really was my life learning. Mm -hmm. This whole culture journey is the more we care and serve our people, the more blessed we were with growth and more talent and more people and more profitability. Mm. Uh, uh, yes to all that. <laughs> what would you say is your number one daily habit? Number one daily habit is generally three things that I'm thankful for every day and have a prayer time. Okay. Love that. Love that. If you start your day with, with gratitude, you're going to have a better day than otherwise. It's always something to be thankful for. And by the way, I make it fun too, John. I mean, sometimes it's my coffee is really good that morning. Today, I think I had sunshine. Mm-hmm. My wife, DC. Uh, but, you know, it's all kinds of things. Your health, I mean, the fact you took your last breath is a blessing. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Oh, definitely. Because I believe it's important to invest in myself and to have others invest in me with that thought in mind. Who is investing in you right now? Wow. Uh, that's another huge blessing to call. You know, there's really thousands of people investing when somebody gives you their trust mm. they're investing mm -hmm. big time really with their most treasure thing that they can get and so the people at horn have extended their trust the people holding my book the people sharing my book the people ordering my book mm -hmm. reading my blog people following social media i have found that are investing uh and so you know I want to recognize everybody because part of the joy drives the climb that day. Mm -hmm. How are you investing in yourself right now? Um, well, I'm a lifelong learner. I love, mm -hmm. I love to be better. I love to understand myself better, how I can be a better person. Mm -hmm. I 
I participate in a weekly Bible study, you know, just so incredible, the leadership lesson I learned in that time. Uh, and the other thing is I recharge, you know, too many people do not prioritize recharging. That's investing in your mm-hmm. I want my battery to be strong. Absolutely. You know, I, Joey, I don't know that what I'm about to say is true. I just suspect that it is. I think many people don't do the recharging you're talking about because they don't know what's going to charge their battery. They have no idea. That's it's just a completely foreign concept. Not that it's a foreign concept to be self-centered. That's not what I'm talking about because everybody knows how to do that, but how to, how to get it to where your ability to be able to give to others is at its tip-top level at nearly all time. How, how to replenish that, I think a lot of folks just don't know how. No, I think you have two. I think there's two crowds. Okay. I think the big crowd is the group that's really chasing Sarah. Uh-huh. So they're running. They got to they get up and run Dave. Mm-hmm. And there's the group that their calling, complete calling, is they say yes to everybody. Mm. It's in their DNA. And if they give so much, they give so much that they don't know how to say no, or they don't know how to take Yeah. Um, and that's the smaller group. Mm-hmm. But most of us truly know what we love to do. We just don't always think about the benefit. Mm. I benefits the people around us as well as ourselves for us to be at our best. That we're going to be at our best. Sure, sure. What do you have coming up other than the launch of the book that has you excited? I'm going to Alaska in August with my, and another couple. Uh, we're spending uh, 10 or 12 days to blackfish and lakes and rivers up there. Mm. Some of the glacier area. We've never been to Alaska. We've been a time there. So I'll get to combine being with sleep mm-hmm. fishing and hiking and being in a beautiful one of America's treasures. For the very first time. So that's probably your most exciting thing. Okay. Well, that's very exciting. I could see why you would be excited about that. Uh, let's remind folks again when the book is coming out, where they can get it. Glad. Uh, okay. I am doing a launch May the 4th, where uh, I'm encouraging pre orders and pre orders from May the 4th through June 6th on Amazon. Hoping to get bestseller status there. So that's this week on May the 4th. And then June the 6th, the book comes out in retail. It will be shipped from Amazon and be at a number of retail stores. You'll even see it in uh, a few of the airports. There's an airport deal out there. So maybe you'll see Lady Listen and you grab it up as you jump on the next flight. Okay. Uh, you can go to joeyhavis.com, sign up for the blog, and keep up with booking some of the areas, other places. And what other ways can folks find you? They can find me at joey at joeyhavens.com, mm-hmm. joey.havens at corn at joeyhavens.com. Okay. Uh, whole weekend as Joey Havens on Twitter as Joey Havens CPA, and I'm on Instagram. All right. So folks, for those of you who want to reach out to Joey, want to connect with him, he just kind of laid out for you the ways to do that. Now, for those of you who are out on a run right now, please don't try and write this down. You'll end up falling and hurting yourselves. So that's why we put it in the show notes for you. <laughs> All right. Is there anything else, Joey, before we come up to our final four, 
is there anything you want to be sure to let folks know? Every voice counts. Okay. Every voice counts. Now, for those of you who are new to the program here, what we do at the end is we do a final four. They're four quick questions. You just tell me the first thing that pops in your head. So are you ready, Joey? I am ready. All right, here we go. First one, why did God create Joey? To help others see and realize they're full of cash. Boom. There it is. What are you doing, reading, <clears throat> excuse me, or listening to right now that's helping you grow? Weekly Bible study, uh, rereading, infinite gain by Simon. Okay, perfect. Great. Now, my typical number three question is, what do you do for fun? But you already told us that earlier. Now, I want to hear back from those of you who watched and or listened to this. What was Joey's answer to that question? Mm, there might be some prize in it for someone. I think I'll have something for you. Next one. What are you most grateful for? Wow. Uh, you know, at this very moment, John, I'm grateful for the opportunity with you, Gary, to share my story. I mean that sincerely. And I'm grateful for the opportunity to hopefully inspire others lead with them. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Um, what, what books do you typically recommend to people? Like if someone says, comes to you and says, Joey, I'm looking for a good book to read. What's the first thing that pops in your head? Uh, God. Besides your own book. Okay. I get that part. That did not. All right. I hear it actually. <laughs> um, but I have the really favorite that, um, so I'm going to, I will say two, I will give you two. Okay. All right. John O'Leary wrote the book On Fire. When I read On Fire, I gave it to my parents, all that. Wow. Some of my best friends. On Fire made inspiration. Hmm. And then the other one, very prolific writer, very positive, high energy guy, John Gore. His book, The Energy Buzz. <laughs> it's just a great, great pair. So many leadership, but mm. I've, I've got to say those two books are for personal development. Okay, perfect, perfect. And again, folks, we'll be sure to include links to how to get those books in the show notes. One last quick question, Joey, before we go. I what are some... Word, well. <laughs> I know. We'll call this a bonus question. How's that? All right, bonus question. What are some of the podcasts that you frequent, ones that you listen to? Oh. Craig on uh, Rochelle podcast and John O'Leary's podcast is the regular one. Mm -hmm. Film Inspired, just a great podcast. The Journal of Accountants, even though uh, honestly, I'm a public accountant. I'm listening to that one. Those are, are probably my top three. Okay. Well, we are not unfamiliar with the Craig Rochelle Leadership Podcast around here. Uh, uh, I talk about it with some frequency. Um, it's, um, I'll tell you what. I, I've never seen a better leader. Let me tell you something. He was just interviewed on John O'Leary podcast. Nice. And I would encourage you to go to John O'Leary or Live Inspired podcast and listen, Craig. Mm, okay. Great. Excellent. All right. Well, I will, uh, I will make note of that and we can put that in the show notes as well, folks. We can put that episode in there for you to check out. Well, Joey, it has been an honor to have you on the Relationships and Revenue Podcast. Thank you so much for being very open with us and just kind of sharing from the heart your journey and what's led you to where you are now, why you wrote Leading with Significance. And I have every confidence that that book is going to make a huge impact on many lives. So thank you so much for your time. 
Thank you, John. It's been a pleasure. Have a blessed day. I will. Thanks to all of you for tuning in because you have given me your most precious gift, and that's your time. It is a non-renewable resource, and I know you can't get it back, and I don't take that lightly. So thanks for being here, and we'll see you guys next time. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to Relationships and Revenue. I'd love to get your thoughts on the show. Two ways you can do that are to give us a rate and review and or connect with me on social media. You can find me at John Hewlett. Thanks again for listening. And remember, passion gets you started. Purpose keeps you going. Have a great day and we'll see you next time. Bye.